I'm trying to dissuade you from what you're about to do, but go on and do it. What's up, ding dongs? That's right. It's a podcast. The Side Talks movies. podcast. I got nothing for you. You know, I was going to sing a song, and now all I have stuck in my head from the last episode recorded is freaking Enya. <laughs> you know what is? You know, we need to. Uh, on away, on away. Orinoco on Flow, away. that's right. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know what's a banger though? Moods. From 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 the same uh, era as Sweet November, absolute run banger. Inya's song away, from The Lord of the Rings, away. The Fellowship well, of the Ring. It's called "May It Be," and it goes "May It Be," <laughs> <laughs> and it just continues from there. Uh, it's great. It's it it rules. Um, you know, great song, I, great movie. I was gonna try to do like several songs from the Pure Moods soundtrack, but I can't, all I can think of is like one. But which that, one? Is it the is one it that was like, flow? sail away, yeah. sail away, um, sail away. But when you watch that commercial, you're like, oh, shit, and another, and another, and another. No, I have that commercial almost burned to memory, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, as a child of basic cable. Oh, you you have to. Um, I threw that in the uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, sick, this really? This year, and people were eating it up. It's a really fun there's one. That, there's that Native American one with the, the, the vocalization. Da. Oh, ma. Well, that's not the one I was thinking of. Also, also, isn't that Sting song uh, "Desert Rose" on that compilation? Oh, sure, because sure. if it's not, it might as well. I'm be. sure there's some tantric Sting in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. What do you think Sting's doing right now? See, if you, when you... I, I would not <laughs> want to say, speculate. Let me say, get the dick jar out. <laughs> Because here's the thing. When you go on all these talk shows talking about how you have sex for 16, 17 hours at a time, the thing I love about that is at any point in the day, you can go, I bet Sting's having sex right now. You, yeah, you could be right. <laughs> also, like, what's his calendar like? Um, yeah, tantric sex. For just coffee. like over a three-day block. <laughs> and then, yeah, we'll, you know, yeah, we'll go to the Surf store. Surf the web for 15 minutes, make pasta. <laughs> thought we might thought we might catch a movie if we can fit it between tantric sex, tantric sex se- uh, sequences. I don't know sequences. Oh, sting. Why'd you Why'd you ever say that? You gave us so much fodder. What's this shit? I was fairly kind. Fairly kind there. Yeah, but I mean, it's been a while since you've gone full force. It's so. true, but so just you know, never get off your guard. Right. You never know. So this one, Corey, I'm going from memory. I'm going to tell you some things I remember from this film because this is actually an entire film that I watched. Okay. And I'll go ahead and let you know it's one that I did pull from the VHS collection. Okay. That I thought would be somewhat seasonally appropriate. These are some hints. Got it. I'm giving you some, throwing some hints your direction. Um, it's well, actually, you know, very seasonally appropriate. Um, and so I threw this on and watched the whole thing. And boy, oh boy, is it really freaking terrible. It's also one of those films that I got halfway through and I went, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> Which is always a fun one. Uh, I'm going to tell you some some. I'm just going to kind of pull some scenes from memory here and there. I didn't take any notes. Got at it. All. all right. I'm going to start with the opening scene. Actually. Okay. So 
it opens with this very annoying like close up shot of a of a, like a chef dressing a plate. Hmm. And there's a lot of of hoopla yelling at each other in the kitchen kind of barking, you know, like a chef would, right? Mm-hmm. But none of it is like nasty. It's not like Ramsey's kitchen nightmares or anything. It's just oh, we're really knowing that he's an, he's the boss man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he comes out into the restaurant that he's the proprietor for. So I don't actually I think he's like a I think he loves cooking and might be a chef, but I think he's more leaned into the proprietorship kind of thing of this restaurant. Okay. He's making his rounds and it's definitely one of those like a lady's there to see him. He's clearly a very um, popular man. A lot of ladies, he's a panty dropper, a lot of ladies trying to get with him. And he's making his way around the restaurant where everybody knows him. And he looks over at a table and there's a, a young woman having a birthday party. And And here's the thing. If you've seen this film recently, you would know everybody's wearing very strange things on their head. Like little twisty, turny kind of what I later learned is are hats. Okay. But they don't really look like hats. Um, I This young woman's kind of a little slouched over. Anyway. Had a couple drinks, has she? Mm, yeah, maybe that's it. Okay. He comes over to the table and he knows the grandmother in this in this situation at the table. And there's some friends and, some, and a grandma. And he knows the grandma and clearly knows the mother of the young woman who's having the birthday. Got it. Now, do you know what this is at all? No. I think if I told you who the two people were, they're very famous. Very famous. And would have been in a lot of movies at this VHS era, 90s-ish, early 2000s-ish. 90s-ish, early 2000s-ish. And um, genre movie because of the season that we are coming out of. So I, you're not getting it from that scene, and I don't really remember what else happens in that scene. They have some banter back and forth, and they're clearly flirtatious. And I think one one element I can tell you that is that you're gonna re- that really has a, a big role in this film is that there it's a very May December situation. He's flirting, she's flirting, but there's clearly a great deal of age difference here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I'm gonna kind of cut through several scenes now to a scene to a to another scene. Um. And it is a scene in which this young woman, after having relations with this man, uh, romantic relations over a period of time, comes home, finds him sitting in a chair, kind of curled up in a ball, kind of – he's not really crying, but he looks like he's been very upset. And he's apologizing for having been a total douchebag to her. Wow. And she's kind of like – I'm going to do her voice. It's okay. Okay. It's a really annoying voice, and there's no way this is her actual real voice, and why she went this direction with the voice in this role, I don't know. All of this sounds really familiar. Yeah, let me kind of keep going then. Okay. So she accepts his apology, and they have sex, and this leads into the worst sex scene I've ever seen in my life, and I'm not joking. Okay. Like, the absolute worst sex scene. It, It involves a hand being pressed up against... Some sort of like glass. I don't know where they are in the freaking room when this is going on. Are they Hand in a car? In some the, beads. Uh, the Titanic. No, like it's that. worse than no. that. Okay. It's worse than that. It's really terrible, and it goes on for way too long to be looking at a smushed hand and hands touching beads and all kinds of other shit. So I feel like you're not getting well, what this, this is. This is not very. This does not sound very horror-y Is the thing, and I maybe it's I not. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you that. Yeah, I think you did. I think you did. There's no horror going on other than the acting. <laughs> Um, I'll give you one. I'm going to describe right. really quickly one more scene because I would imagine it's getting fairly boring. Yeah. They're at a party. Party. Uh, and they're there together and it's a friend of his and he ends up, she ends up going to the little kid at the party's room to kind of tuck him in and, and fuss yeah, this around. This sounds really familiar. Yeah. And when she comes out, uh, the, her gentleman caller there has gone up on the roof with a lady. 
and he catches them coming down from the roof. Oh, what the fuck is this? I knew it. So I'm going to tell you, I feel like this is, we're about mm. to get boing because it's gone on for a long yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm going to tell you who the two people are. Okay. And this is maybe you're going to get, going to get. I feel like once I tell you who the people are, it's really not fair and you're going to get only all a right, half all right. win. I'll get a half win. He's a silver fox. Do you want to guess it? I mean, He's a silver fox and she's annoying. <laughs> He's a silver fox, but he was, um, a, he was a, he was a. American Gigolo at one point. Yeah, in time. so it's Richard Gere, the only like silver fox who was a really bankable movie yeah. star in the late nineties and from, early two thousands. In this film, from profile, first of all, his hair looks like a grandma's hair a little bit. It's very strange. From profile, he's very handsome. Straight on, he looks like a muppet. Yeah. And then, of course, the his co his coworker here is, I dare call her co star. So I'm calling her coworker is the very annoying Winona Ryder, who's almost doing a Christian Slater impersonation. Okay, this is Autumn in New York. This is Autumn in New York. I've actually never seen this. This just sounds like every other fucking movie ever made. There you go. Autumn in New York, and it's terrible. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. And the minute I hadn't, I mean, granted, I had some kind of clear, you know, distant memory of this film, but the minute that they showed the shot of her at the table, I, I, I... Looked at my finance and I said, "Oh, she's sick, isn't she?" Because she's seen this before. So wait, you did you you, you dug into Sweet November? You watched yeah. Autumn in New York? I like, didn't what? watch Sweet November though, but I will. But mm. I didn't. No, but I I was like, we wanted to break up the horror films a little bit and do something kind of seasonal and ridiculous while we were working. Well, you, and I you I, succeeded, I and it was on our VHS shelf, and it is horrible. It is uh, yeah, it's absolutely horrible. Well, I steered clear from this because it looked uh, really boring. Let me tell you something. I Uh think, though, I really – can I please just twist your arm to go watch a scene from this so you can communicate with me a little bit about what the fuck Winona Ryder's doing with her voice? I'll check that out. It's so odd. I know she doesn't actually talk like this. So what she's doing is really strange. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out even just for that. This is a year before the shoplifting incident. So this was what, 98, 99? 2000 or something yeah, I okay think. all right all right yeah it's the oh it's the odds mm-hmm. anyway um you got i'm gonna give you ha- kind of half do you think that half is fair like a half win is that a thing okay i'll take half because it was heading towards nothing i mean look i'd seen this thing before and i still was like watching it actually unfold and going huh this se- this seems familiar but uh and now fast film terms that was a fast film term. It was a fast film. A very long what's the shit today. You couldn't get it. I Well, you know, I needed some help. But we're going to balance it out with some very fast film terms. Okay, let's hear them. I think you might know what this is. All right. It's, uh, do you know what a breakaway is? A breakaway, jeez. Um, you can probably I'll, guess it. Just think Just think for one second. I mean, breakaway. is this an editing term? No, it's actually would be in the world of props and prop Oh, mastering. okay. So this is this is a, a stunt created or a prop created for stunts that can collapse if That's a right. human being falls on them. That's right. A breakaway is a destroyable glass object, generally speaking. That's that bottle from a Western. It's sure. like, you know, really nice and fun to break. Uh, it's used, you know, for stunts or gags in a scene. It it tends to refer to a glass object like a bottle, okay, but it can also sense. it can really just mean anything that's a destroyable set piece or even a piece of scenery is a cool. breakaway that that you that you could destroy, right? Like a uh, folding table in yeah. professional wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. Well, am I right, folks? Wrestling. Uh, here's another one that's kind of a fun one that sound, has a very dramatic title. Okay. Do you know what a burned location is? A location that has already been used? 
You know, that's a really good guess. But actually, when you dig into it, it's any location that will not allow filming due to some previous unresolved problems with film production. Like Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> right, right. Like probably half of Hollywood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are very few burned locations in, in Alabama, but I bet if you went to central L.A., it yeah, they're all burnt up. Or the the Ivy League college that got like fucked up by Love Story and refused yeah. to let filming happen there ever again. I think that might have actually been Harvard, so they had to shoot the social network like elsewhere. Burned locations. Yep. Zuck. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We're own personal cinematic Matthew Perry and Keanu Reeves. Oh, I was so like offended on Keanu's behalf when that came out. Why did like, he do that? What a on. dipshit. Yeah, I, look, you may not have respect for Keanu, but you know, relax. He was trying to be funny and it's not even funny. The still walks among us shit. Yeah. Well, he since apologized and said that he's actually friends with Keanu and he just he was like I was just writing and I pulled a name out of out of you know, somewhere. I don't believe Whatever. that. Whatever. I know. Pull, yeah, you there's some There's some animus here. And look, you know, you piss off John Wick at your own peril. Am I right, folks? John Wick. And this was, a guess. to the movies. Oh, boy. Also, Matthew Perry, you're such an ingenue yourself. Um, listen, let me ask you. This is was about Heath Ledger there, right? He said, oh, there's some kind and of statement about, like, Heath Ledger. River or, Phoenix, too. Oh, River Phoenix. R- River Phoenix is no longer with us, but Keanu still walks among us. It's That's nastier because, you know, Keanu and River were good friends. Yeah, so that's, that's, even, tacky that's, that's tacky as fuck. That's tacky as fuck. Is anybody even reading this book? Who cares what Matthew Perry has to I, say? The tabloid media for the past three weeks. Yeah, well, I guess there's that Valerie Bertinelli thing, too. Did you hear about that, Brad? Apparently, it's. I'm trying to picture this. Matthew Perry made out with Valerie Bertinelli while Eddie Van Halen was passed out. Wow. Which I don't, I just would never, like, you know, I just don't see that as being a coupling to me, but whatever, I guess. I mean, granted, like, he wrote this memoir, and the whole memoir is like, I I was a scumbag. That's what addiction does. Here's some stories from my scumbag days. And everybody, like, has heard these stories in the past several weeks and they're like, Jesus, what a scumbag. Like, no, I mean, it's not shocking. Nobody's ever been like, yeah, Matthew Perry seems well-adjusted and cool, you know, for 30 years. Also, I just can't believe that we're even talking about it. I didn't think anybody, I thought he was like the one guy in the boy band that nobody likes. Do you know what I mean? I figured that's how he was. Like he's the cast of friends and everybody cares about everybody but him. But I guess I'm wrong. I, I don't know. <sighs> Sidewalkfest.com. Thanks to Boutwell Studios. Thanks to Revelator Coffee. You yeah, know, the, they're like a central perk. I've been getting some harvest spice lattes Yum. and some cinnamon rolls that are that are made by Birmingham Breadworks. Don't, sold, I don't need there. to know this. You do need to know it. Ugh. And our listeners need to know it because they need to go to Revelator Coffee one gloomy autumn morning and Pick up your spirits by getting some delicious coffee and maybe some baked goods I mean, or some other delicious provisions. I agree, but I got to tell you, one of the worst days of my life was when I read the calorie count for a Cinnabon. No, no, don't, <laughs> don't look it. Like you're uh, just gonna make yourself sad. I know, you're right. You're right. Cinnamon rolls are delicious, yeah. and they have very few calories. Anyway, at Sidewalk Film, we love you. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words. Our expertise.